Hey friend, do you have ADHD? Maybe, maybe not. It really doesn't matter because either way, you're so welcome here. Whether it's you or someone you live with that has the squirrely brain, I'm here to help. On this show, we'll be sharing perspective shifts and hacks and systems and routines that all work for people of all ages with neurodivergent brains. I spent the last almost decade working with students as a special education teacher and navigating my own ADHD. Whether you want someone to hold space for you or you want the tactical, tangible strategies, you're in the right place. I'm going to help you learn to let it be easy, work with your unique strengths, and move from scattered to simplified. And we're doing it all with positive perspective, self-compassion, and a whole lot of God's grace. Let's do this. What's up, you beautiful human? I am here today with Elizabeth. She is a stress coach for Christian moms, specifically working with them on anger. I'm going to let her introduce herself to you guys, and we have a really great conversation coming up today about how to kind of manage some of that anger, some strategies to help you avoid even getting to that point, and then um, probably some other great stuff in between because that's how every interview with me seems to go. (laughs) Welcome, Elizabeth. Hi, hi. I'm so excited to be here. I am Elizabeth. I'm a mom of four kiddos and three boys and a toddler girl. I am a stress coach for Christian moms and I help Christian moms who feel overreactive, stressed out, and especially struggling with anger outbursts. That is what I support them with and help them with. I love that. Um, can I ask how you got into this, this, um, I guess, I mean, it's pretty much a niche, like, let's just be honest, but just this whole little world of helping moms with their anger. Like, what's your story that got you there? Yes. So I had, I had three boys at that time and I was really struggling parenting my third son. I, he was like a little curious George on steroids. He would get into <laughs> everything. And he was a little propeller. He would just like climb the counters, you know, pull things out. And I, all day long, I was just like constantly on guard. I felt like I could not sit down and rest for a minute. And a friend of mine recommended for me to go to counseling because I started to resent motherhood. I started to feel bitter and resentful towards him. I would try the typical parenting approach that I grew up in and that I was doing with my other two kids, like threatening and spanking and all that. And it was not working with him. He would just not respond to it like the other kids did. And I went to counseling. It was not faith-based, but um, I was introduced to respectful, gentle parenting approach. And I started to learn about brain and our emotions, emotional regulation, emotional connection. When we are emotionally connected with someone, we're more likely to cooperate. Mm -hmm. And just teaching my child how to emotionally regulate. But I had to learn those skills. Mm -hmm. And it was super interesting to me. I've always been into like self-development and learning new things. And my problem was that everything sounded great in theory and at the appointment. And then when I go home and my child's not listening or melting down, I get triggered and everything goes out the window. All the knowledge that I had, I could not implement in the heat of the moment. And it would drive me nuts. I would go back to my old ways of overreacting and threatening and raising my voice and feeling super triggered and angry. And I did not like that. 
I'm like, there's gotta be another way. That's just, it seems so complicated. It seems easy in theory. You know, you see all those gentle parenting approaches that they talk and even on social media, but it's so hard to do it in person and like at home. And I ended up buying a course by an influencer um, shortly after. And it was about like prioritizing your needs as a mom and creating a life and a day that supports you and like letting go and decluttering things out of your life that are not serving you. And it was really like, there's a lot of mindset, but really practical implementation. Yeah. And I started implementing it. And the biggest change I made in my life at that season, I had three boys that slept through the night. I would get up in the mornings before them. And I would use that time intentionally. As a Christian, I would read and pray, but I would also journal to process my thoughts. I would also like sit in silence and meditate for a little bit. And I used my time super intentionally in the morning for like an hour to myself before my kids got up. And then when my kids got up, I noticed that my window of tolerance, how much I could handle mm -hmm. of chaos and overwhelm and craziness increased so much. Even though nothing changed with the kids, I was more grounded. I was more steady. I was more collected. I felt emotionally more regulated. And so then when my child was melting down, my um, emotional tank wasn't as drained. I was able to stay more grounded and calm and not get as triggered because I wasn't running and empty myself. And that's kind of how it all got started. And then I'm like, I got to tell others. I'm the type of person that if I know something that works, I'm like, I'm going to tell everybody I know about it. Yep. Same. I love that story. So much. there were so many pieces of it that I love that you brought up. And one that I want to like circle back to a little bit is that whole window of tolerance piece. And I know this is a term that maybe not everyone is familiar with, but like essentially if you visualize two parallel lines that are like going horizontal, so that means like landscape for anyone who is like, what does horizontal mean? Like if they're going across, the the more stressed out you are, the closer they are to each other. And so every little high or low sends you out of regulation. You go out of your zone of regulation. And the same thing is true for our kids. And then also like when I'm talking um, to parents that I work with, we talk about all the time, you are the biggest model, the biggest influence for better or worse. It's a burden and a blessing, but you are the model. Whatever you're doing, your kids are gonna do. Like, you can't tell them, hey, I need you to calm down when you're upset, but you're the one screaming. Like, that's not how kids learn. So I love that you brought that up, and I totally agree that time in the morning to yourself to, like, de-stress yourself, fill up your own tank, that widens that window of tolerance for you. And then you're able to co-regulate with your kids so that they're not completely spiraling out of control. Um, what are, other than like that time to yourself, and I know you mentioned counseling, what are some of the other like proactive strategies that you put in place to help you show up as that best mom that you can be and be able to be that model for your kids? Yeah, so especially if when we're talking about like in regards to emotional regulation and anger, because that is my specialty, I notice there's such simple things that moms often neglect, and that is their basic needs. Absolutely. Their, their sleep, they feel like it's not as important, mm -hmm. and then eating meals. Maybe, you know, I'm a highly sensitive person and introvert, but also like I believe when you have ADHD, when you're hungry, you're hangry, mm -hmm. right? And then when you're sleep deprived, 
you are not a kind person to be around right and so I started to notice that when I started to have regular times where I would go to sleep and wake up and like prioritize my sleep and granted my kids slept through the night so like you know take it with a grain of salt and then I would also during that morning time, because I would get up before my kids, I felt like I was ahead of the day. I wasn't as reactive to my day. I was able to make breakfast before they came down and I was able to eat like with my kids. I wasn't just like rushing and scrambling, you know, at the last minute. And so I was able to eat and those things, just like eating meals on a regular basis. So you're not hungry and overreacting because when you're basic needs are unmet what happens in your brain your brain is focusing on the unmet basic need it's thinking oh you're hungry you're tired versus like oh i need to take the energy to emotionally regulate right like the brain focuses on the basic unmet need because it's like literally a basic need that god created you with and so don't don't neglect that that is truly truly important so that is like one big one that i always start out with moms another one is asking for help Mm. like if you are overwhelmed you need support there are some times we need to like delegate to others and ask for support and ask for help sometimes we need to delete things off our schedule right Mm. sometimes we just need to you know save it for later or whatever sometimes it's just our mentality you know, like we think we have to do it all. Yeah. I would challenge you that, yes, you could probably do it all, but at what expense? It's right. pulling from somewhere. It's not that like you can do it all and stay sane. It's pulling from your mental well-being, your emotional yeah. well-being, your physical well-being, and like your relationships. It's pulling from somewhere. And yeah. you have to recognize, is it worth it? Or... I need to admit that I can't do it all and that is okay. And I need to ask for help and support. Like as a Christian, as a believer, like Jesus asked his disciples for help to encourage to, sorry, to, um, to pray with him in the garden. He needed that emotional support, right? Like he asked God for help. He wasn't like trying to do everything himself. He had a group of friends that were supporting him and coming alongside him. And so you, if you're married, you have a spouse, maybe you have siblings, maybe you have parents nearby that can ask you help with the kids. Maybe there's a church community, maybe some trusted neighbors, right? Like asking for help is super important not to get burned out and overwhelmed, overstimulated, and then therefore overreactive and easily triggered. Absolutely. What do you think? You bring up so many good things. I like, I'm sitting here like crossing my fingers like, oh, I want to mention something about that and that and that and that. So I'm, <laughs> I will see how many of them I actually remember. So the first one, sleeping and eating 100% absolutely. And they go hand in hand. Did you know that if this was a little bit of a hyper focus for me for a little while? So <laughs> if you don't get enough sleep one night, just one night, your cortisol levels the entire next day are higher. Your um, likelihood of craving those high carb foods, those sugary foods is way higher. And then that leads to blood sugar spikes all day long. So it's like you end up in this terrible pattern. And then the more days that you go without getting good sleep, the worse all of this gets. And then moms wonder why 
they're running on fumes when they're literally living off of like the crust that their toddler left on their plate and sleeping four hours a night because they're trying to get alone time at the end of the night when they're exhausted and they're not doing anything productive anyway. They're literally just zoning out because they're so done from the day. Whereas if you would prioritize the sleep and that can be hard, especially like all my squirrely girls that are listening are like, but I just, I don't, I get it. I get it. Sometimes you're still going to make the choice to stay up until midnight scrolling. Right. And sometimes you're going to catch yourself in it and give yourself that gentle discipline of like, Hey, I need to go to bed. So then you can wake up early that next day and have that proactive time. Um, another thing that you brought up about asking for help, like how hard is it for people to humble themselves and ask for help and be vulnerable in that? Because that's really hard. But like you said, even Jesus asked for help. And in the first book of the Bible, when God made Adam, he said man shouldn't be alone. They need someone to help them and gave him Eve so that he literally had a partner. So he doesn't have to do it alone. But then so many of us moms take on everything and we think that it's, I'm the only one who can do it. And sometimes it's coming from like, we're trying to be helpful genuinely because, you know, your husband works all day or whatever. But a lot of times I feel like it's coming from a place of control and not being able to let some of that go. What do you think? What have you seen with that? Yeah, I to- definitely relate with the control. We want things done a specific way. And I definitely struggle with that. I ask my husband for help. And then when he starts helping me, I'm trying to correct him. (laughs) He's like, screw it, forget it. You do it yourself. I'm like, no, 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 no. I still need your help. Please help out. You know, and I think I had to make that mindset shift um, where when it was hard for me to ask for help, I made the shift that asking for help is a way that I can support myself to make things easier. And what is the cost of not asking for help? I feel overwhelmed, frustrated, stressed. I start yelling, raising my voice, and overreacting, being snappy and unpleasant to my family. And therefore, it affects my relationships with them, probably in a non-healthy way. Versus if I ask for help and we work as a team and I... I get that support. I am more calm. I am more patient. I'm more easygoing. I'm more happy. And in return, like everyone is better, right? Because yep. want it or not, as a mom, you set the tone in your home. Yep. When you're crabby and you're in a bad mood, everybody feels it. But when you are in a good mood, you're calm, you're peaceful, you're grounded, you're collected, you're steady. You can also like... Um, what is what's the word I'm looking for not borrow but like you can share that calm with others so even if your child is melting down you are able to share that calm with them and you can stay steady and collected and calm versus getting pulled into it so quickly absolutely it's like the whole saying about adding fuel to the fire right like if your child is already freaking out and then you start screaming at them that they need to calm down who is that helping that is helping no one and you're both just leaving frustrated and upset and you both escalate do you have any like practical tips so like the mom that like maybe is already doing some of that like taking care of herself and isn't completely in like survival mode, like just really struggling, you know, like she's on her way out of that. 
but she's still getting pulled into those moments with her kids. Do you have any tips for them to be able to handle that in a less reactive way and be more supportive and be able to co-regulate? Yes. So this is something that I started to kind of implement more recently and work more on myself, but it is how do you identify us? Do you tell yourself, oh, I'm always frustrated. I'm angry. I'm easily agitated. I'm so overwhelmed versus you tell yourself, I am calm. I am patient. I am grounded. I am collected, right? I am stable. I am observant with my kids, right? So if you give yourself almost kind of like, it's so tricky with like Christians, the identity, right? If you give yourself the identity, I'm lazy, I am, you know, overreactive, I am inconsistent, right? You're going to find things to prove that. Right. right. And support that versus if you think of yourself like I am a happy and patient and calm mom, I am grounded with my kids. And so changing that perspective about yourself and looking Mm -hmm. for moments to support that. And this is my favorite thing that I've learned from another mom who teaches on mindset. Her name is Tessa Romero. But she said this phrase that you use, this is my chance to be the mom I want to be for my kids. Mm. So when your child is melting down and you're having kind of like, you know, that moment, yes, Mm -hmm. I teach all the proactive stuff. And that is super important because if you're running an empty, it's going to, this is going to feel a thousand times harder. I promise you. But if you support yourself proactively and then you're having a moment with your kids and things feel hard, right? take a breath, say, Jesus, please help me. I'm having a hard moment right now. I'm struggling. And then you tell your mind, this is my chance to be the mom that I want to be for my kids. Mm -hmm. I am grounded. I am calm. I am collected. I am peaceful. Notice how that will change. Right. Notice how you respond way differently. Like Mm -hmm. just that phrase, this is my chance to be the mom I want to be for my kids. Yeah, that's such a good This is my chance. Well, and even just stopping for that deep breath and like, Jesus, please help me. Both of those are putting just a couple seconds between you and a reaction, which then gives your brain the chance to, okay, what else can I say? Like, okay, yes, like this is my chance to be the mom I want to be. I love that. I also, as you were saying all this, I had a memory come up back when I was a teacher. My class was, my my last class, we had so many behaviors and so much trauma in there. And I found myself being reactive and I didn't want to be, and there was this mom on uh, TikTok and I have not seen her in forever. She's no longer on my For You page, but she has a song that she made up and she like, pats her chest at the same time which you can do like the bilateral tapping which is really regulating for your nervous system and it's like I'll sing this song for however long I need to because I love you and if I don't I might say something I don't really mean to or want to and it it goes on like a little bit longer and I (laughs) made my class I shared the lyrics with them and if I had like given so many redirects and I was getting to the point where I was gonna get mad I would just put the lyrics on and I would just walk around my classroom singing the song and the kids learned the song and then they would be singing it too. And it gave all of us a chance to stop and reset. And I mean, things can even be silly too. Like, I mean, I've seen someone who just will start running around having their toddler try to catch them, like just to just get them out of that moment of dysregulation and then talk about it later. 
Um, sorry, a little bit of a squirrely tangent there. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess the last uh, kind of thing I want to touch on before we wrap up is about the stigma I feel like that comes for moms, specifically Christian moms, and the whole, like, I know you already brought up identity a little bit. Oh, wait, that was one more thing I wanted to mention. For anyone who's struggling with the identity piece of it when it comes to, like, Christianity, like, plug in the fruits of the Spirit there. Like, you can keep it biblical if you need to for your own self, but, like, do the fruits of the Spirit say to, like, yell at your kid and control them and, like, get obedience right away? It talks about self-control. It talks about self-control and patience and gentleness. And so it's, like, you can go back to that. Like, you can find ways to make that identity piece biblical for you. But I feel like, especially within the Christian mom realm, the stigma of, like, A, even having anger, like, oh, my God, I should be so so ashamed of myself. But then also, like, all of the self-care pieces, too. Like, putting myself first, like, oh, that's so selfish. I could never do that. Like, oh, I have to take care of my children all day. But, like, what, what would you say to some of those things? Yes. So, first let's talk about self-care because there's this phrase that I heard that really stuck with me and it said no one benefits when you're running and empty and nobody suffers when you take care of yourself think about it what are the effects of you not taking care of yourself you're burned out you're overwhelmed you're stressed out you start resenting your family you're bitter you're raising your voice you're yelling what are the effects of that mom guilt shame do you think the enemy is not contributing to that? Ooh, Heck yeah. Preach. More than any. Preach. Yeah, he wants well, you to stay does there. does your family even want to be around you when you're acting that way anyway? They're like, please go do what you need to do to come back better. Yes. But you're yes. right. Ooh, the enemy is all up in that. Yes. And so, like, even Jesus would walk away from the crowd. Why? Because they had all these needs that they were pulling from him and needing him and needing him. He didn't take care of all of their needs. He would go and be by himself and connect with God and Mm. just be. Okay, so Jesus took time for himself. So, like, who are you that you don't need alone time? Like, you need that time. You need to spend that time with God. You also need to do something that truly fills you up as an individual, like either a creative outlet or something, because then you don't resent your family. Mm -hmm. Then your cup is filled up and you are serving them out of overflow versus resentment. Like, for me, that is my work. I love what I do. Like, when I do this work... I come back like happy and fulfilled. Yep, like same. I am more than excited to like serve and be around my family. So like that is a perspective shift. Is it actually selfish to take care of yourself or selfless? Because mm. really like you take care of yourself and you show up as a better Christian, as a better wife, who is more willing to you know meet your husband's needs as a better mom, mm-hmm. as a better like sister and a friend, right? Yeah. When you are taken care of, like it's not serving anyone when you right. are run down. Like your mental health will struggle, mm-hmm. your emotional health, your physical. Like how are you going to take good care of your kids? You're right. not. And how you know, much more like is that mom who is taking care of herself showing up? She's happy. She's coming from that place of overflow. That is such a better image of like what a relationship with God and being a a Christian, quote unquote, you know, Christian, there's lots of different versions of what Christian is when it comes to people's heads. But like, 
If people see only moms who are burnt out, run down, screaming at their kids because they have to serve their kids and their family all day, that's not going to bring anyone else to Christ. Like when you're showing up as in the way that we're actually meant to be living, like that's what draws people in too. So I, I just felt like I need to throw that in because that was coming out for me as you were talking about that. I'm like, who wants to be that other mom? Nobody. And if that's how Christian moms are being portrayed more often than not. Like, that's not doing anything good for the kingdom. You're so right. You're right on point. Yeah, 100%. And when it comes to anger, that is a big emotion. So the Bible doesn't say don't be angry. It says be angry and do not sin. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is when we don't know how to control our anger it's controlling us and then when we sit and dwell in it and we like think more about things and that mindset that contributes to that anger and we don't process it in a healthy way that is actually releasing it and so I think that is the problem with anger so I think part of it is society is that it seems like it's okay for men to be angry, but not okay for women to be angry. And then the other thing is like from Christians, there's so much shame that comes with anger. And I think it's because we have never been even like modeled healthy anger. Usually Mm -hmm. we oftentimes grew up in homes where anger was destructive or it's suppressed and it comes out into like addictive patterns or other things, you know? And so with anger there's just so much to uncover right like it's such a deeper topic but i can tell you this like when you are angry and you feel out of control that type of anger Mm -hmm. so there's i believe there's different levels of anger there's like frustration you're annoyed right but then you get to a point where you feel out of control angry Mm -hmm. like that is a scary place to be and if you are there you need some support, my friend, because that is not um, that's not a place where you want your kids to like see you on a regular basis. Right. When we are in that out of control anger, our brain, our thinking brain that helps us make good, positive choices is offline completely. Yep. That's why yep. we say and do things we regret. We actually end up saying sinful things. We mm-hmm. actually end up doing sinful things that we regret. And it is really important. That's why my work helps mom proactively. So you don't even get to that point as much. And then it's like, if I did get to that point, not what is wrong with me, what was going on with me? Mm. What led up to that? Because there's like righteous anger and like, let's say somebody hurt someone and did something bad to someone else and you get triggered and angry about it. And then there's like, oh, I feel overwhelmed, overstimulated and touched out. And like, I overreact type of anger, right? Like there's so many different roots of what it is, where it's coming from and like what needs to be done and how it needs to be processed. And I think like in Christians, we don't really go deeper recognizing well where is it coming from we always just say oh you gotta let go and just forgive no 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 no. there's so many different things that go up leading to that sometimes you're literally just hungry and tired and it's not a spiritual problem you're gonna take a nap eat a meal and you'll be all good you know (laughs) like so there's just with moms I want to let you know is that when you're angry and you're overreacting it's not because you're a bad mom or because you really want to be that way Mm. it's because you're struggling 
literally yeah. you're struggling so hard in that moment and you feel so out of control and there's hope for you there's hope for you it is so possible not to be in that place on a regular basis and more than anything the enemy wants you to stay there why because mm-hmm. you do say hurtful things you do end up sinning when you're in that moment and you do end up going to sleep with so much shame and guilt and he wants to keep you there right. and my friend it is so possible not to be in that boat anymore like there's hope for you you know there's god there's support you know i support moms with these journeys moms who are struggling like that there's counseling there's therapy you know there's pastors there's so much support for you available the go- the biggest thing is like reach out yeah. you know reach out Absolutely. I love all of that. I really, really love this small language shift that you shared too of it's not what's wrong with me. It's what's going on with me. Like, oh my gosh. And like putting that on our kids too, when they're having a hard time, oh, what's going on with them? It makes you, it it shifts you into that creative problem solver mode that we're all so good at doing, especially people with ADHD but also just moms in general, like we are problem solvers through and through. And so shifting that perspective, I love that so much. I appreciate you being on here so much. Will you please share all of the things of how people can connect with you about your podcast, about your five ways to calm down when you're feeling triggered, just give them everything. And we will put all of the links in the episode description for you guys. Thank you. So I have a free resource for your listeners. It is at emotionallyhealthylegacy.com slash do I have ADHD. And it is five ways to calm down when you are triggered. So in that heat of the moment, when you're so triggered and you're about to overreact, what do you do so you don't explode on your family? And the other thing is I have a podcast, you know, called Emotionally Healthy Legacy. And it's all about stress management, burnout, overwhelm, and anger management, yelling, screaming, all the things that, um, you know, moms struggle with and that experience probably a lot of shame and guilt around. So, and uh, yeah, yeah, come on over and listen. Awesome. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me.